gals, and all the other monster-identifying souls out there. Welcome back to the Nerds Who Live podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas, and we return from our bit of a hiatus, I believe. Uh, Four, five months hiatus. I do apologize. We weren't dead. We were just hibernating. And by hibernating, I really mean relocating down, to my home away from home, and now actual home, San Diego, California. I had the opportunity to move down, and I took it, and I haven't looked back. Found a great job, which I love. Made my one of my favorite gyms, now my home gym, Ironmonger's Gym. Shout out to the boys and the girls, and the all other identifying. And now here we are. But Nerds Who Lift never died been trying to get back to it, trying to figure out how best to bring him back into the world of the podcast world and what to do. And as with any creator, you don't want to repeat yourself too much, uh, especially if it's not working. But, 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 but life is good. I'm really happy to be where I am. I love my gym family, where I live and where I work is all because of those in the gym. And that's just a testament to the strength community. And that strength community is what made me want to make this podcast. I want to make this podcast to recreate the moments for people when they're just in a gym and they meet somebody and they start talking about lifting and life. And then they happen to learn something about both and it impacts them further beyond that one day. So I wanted to try to recreate that with this show. And so I'll keep doing my best because I love this and I love sharing it with y'all. I want to give a big shout out to our guest today who actually reached out to me and like, hey, if you're still doing the show, <laughs> let's do it. And that is Mr. Coach Mike Delgado of the True MDSM Heavy Breathing Nonprofit, right out of my home, Ironmonger's Gym. And Mike is a gem of a person. He's a down to earth man, a great coach with a really big heart. We're going to talk about all that he has going on, which is pretty amazing. Mike is in the middle of starting a nonprofit, which we'll talk about in the show. And He's one of my favorite coaches because he coaches differently than others, in my opinion. He coaches by feel. And as a former martial artist, that's a huge thing for me because you can throw technical jargon out all you want, but if you don't know what it feels like, you don't have a reference, it doesn't matter. And then when that technique stops working for you, it's time to update it, and you don't have the feeling to go back to, well, you're a little lost. So that, above all, is a huge thing, and the man just gives a shit. He cares a whole lot. And before we get going, we're going to plug. He actually has a seminar going down here in San Diego, California on May 11th. He'll be going over squat, bench, and deadlift, and different techniques of just that, of how to feel proper tension, create tension, and how to carry that over to your technical knowledge. So, at the True MDSM is his Instagram. We'll also be giving it out at the end of the show when we're talking. Great man. Look him up. Thanks so much for doing this, Mike. And yeah, welcome back to the Nerds Who Live podcast. Let's get going with Mike Delgado, the True MDSM. Oh, I should take it off mute. All right, and good. What's up, Mike? How's it going? <laughs> good. Thanks for being on on my first show in like a good few months because <laughs> I've been moving from where I was now down here in San Diego and training at Ironmongers with you and uh, and it's been fun to get to to get to know you and, I, and I'm glad you reached out 
It actually helped me get this back going. But I wanted to start, before we get into more of everything, can I introduce who you are? And then I want to, like we talked about, start with the True MDSM nonprofit. So go ahead. Do you want me to introduce myself? Yeah, yeah like just introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Iron Jim. And uh, I don't know what you want me to say. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's say how, how, see, you've been lifting for seven years now? I've been lifting on and off like my whole life, but like committed to strictly like strength training and like consistent for the last six, seven years. Yeah. Nice. And I remember, and actually, because you wanted to bring, you bring it up, what you said you found lifting in, re, in rehab when you were in. Yeah, I, was, I had to go to a halfway house. It was either that or go to prison. And um, about like seven years ago. And uh, like I said, I always lifted, but. Long story short, in the rehab, I eventually got a cell phone and they let me use my cell phone. I got worked up the ranks and uh, that's when C.T. Fletcher came out. And yeah. if you remember C.T. Fletcher when he first came out, he's pretty motivating. If yeah. you're just a dude stuck in a ranch in the middle of nowhere and C.T. Fletcher's yelling at you, like, you're in the same motherfucker you can fucking rep all day long, then that's what you're going to try to do. So yeah. I had, we had a, a, we had a weight pile. There's a bunch of pig iron and um, I benched every fucking day. That's what C.T. Yeah. Fletcher did. And that's, but that's what kind of kept me sane through rehab, you know everything that I was being, I don't want to say what I was being put through, but all the shit that I was dealing with upstairs, because that's kind of like a mental thing, too, getting sober and dealing with all the wreckage from your past. I had something to look forward to every day, and it was just bench press. You yeah. know? Then when I got out, that's when I found, like, Tony Montgomery Jr. and Josh Bryant. I actually had Josh Bryant's book. I found it when I was locked up at George Bailey um, in San Diego, and uh, the, the book, Jailhouse Strong. Yeah, it's not even yeah. allowed, you know the correctional facilities anymore because it teaches how to like shadow box and stuff like that. They don't want <laughs> yeah. you to like learn how to spar in there. But that's when I found Josh Bryant and it wasn't like so much like, oh, I want to be this power lifter. I just saw that someone could, he was credited for being the youngest person to bench like 600 pounds. I remember being at the gym and seeing people bench 315. I'm like, oh, so 600 is possible. I want, I want to bench 600 pounds. He knows how to do it. So that's why I hired him. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing ever since. Yeah, and that's and one of the main things like, I've always known you for is well, you're a great coach for all the lists, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you are known for your bench, your bench press up, and you've helped mine uh, tremendous tremendously whenever I've worked with you. Um, but it, it's actually one of my my favorite things. I think well, you're good. We I think you've tried to you you specialize in like feel like what how does it feel right. and being able to convey information technically because you know your technique great. But you also mm-hmm. you kind of try to get to people more like to how like you said how they feel. And what and try to get them out of their head. So I feel sometimes. Yeah, um, I personally get lost with uh, with big words. I don't mean to make myself like sound dumb or whatever. But when people start talking about like you know, latissimus dorsi and, and stuff like that, it when I was getting into this, it's not like I'm afraid of those words. It just kind of like turned me off to it. And yeah. I was like, kind of feel like they're kind of trying to make me feel dumb or inferior. Yeah. And then I said like, what, what's that? Or like, oh, you're back. Okay. But I just try to get people to understand the movement. There's a lot of regurgitated information out there. You can look up how to bench, how to squat, how to deadlift. There's all kinds of people telling you different kind of the same thing in just different ways. So my idea, my, what I try to do is just break it down to as the least amount of cues as possible and make it more like this is how it's supposed to feel when you're at your tightest and just focus on that, right? Yeah. Everything else, you can add all the flavor in later, you know, but I'm just trying, for the most part, we're just trying to teach people the basic fundamentals of the movement. Right, and from there you evolve as a lifter. My bench setup isn't the end all, be all. That's what works best for me and my leverages and people that are similar to me. Yeah, I highly recommend doing what I'm doing. But like you know, I've worked with you, and it's like we don't do verbatim what I do. We try to maximize your leverages yep. into the bench and stuff like that. But that's individual, and then you are going to keep evolving as a lifter like that as you develop. So it's like, how can I say you have to do this the whole time? When I keep telling you, or I might emphasize that you got to train your back, train your back, train your back. As your back grows, your setup's going to change. As your lats get bigger, your grip can go wider, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like I said, so building self-awareness in a lifter, making them aware of things like that to pay attention to. Yeah. Not always trying to reinvent the wheel, per se. Yeah. Like, trying to find errors and all those mi- little things. Where it's like, dude, just bring your grip out a little bit or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I think when you focus on, on, on feel... And when that, that lifter knows how that feels, they're not they're okay with changing. Because yeah. some people, if they learn, like, oh, this is how I bench, yeah. they have a hard time when it stops working for them. Because it does. When they grow, the leverages change. Right. And it stopped working, and then they're like, but it's, it's gotten me to this far. Right. But if the person is focused on feel, when it stops feeling good, they're like, oh, I'm going to change it. Because no longer, I'm, I'm, right. I, they're chasing the feeling, not chasing the, you know, that right. particular technique. 
Yeah, and then I also try to coach it as, you know, the mechanical movements. So the way I approach it is very mechanical. So I was like, I lock things in. It's not very, like, fluid. If you watch how I do things, I mean, you can watch how I set my lats and set my scapula when I depress that bar. Yeah. There's two stages. That's why I have to let people hold on to the bar before they let go, because they'll give me a start command. Yeah. But I hold it. You'll see, like, click, click. Yeah. Dial it in. Um, yeah. Pop, you pop and lock the bar. Pop, pop, <laughs> you pop and lock the yeah. bar. Uh, but, it, but it helps, because then you segment those, like, those components. Yeah, and it breaks down the cues a lot. Right, like I can always, I, we've talked about, but I can always tell them someone's going to fail a lift, for the most part, yeah. you know, as I can see them breaking down, like going down their checklist of cues in their deadlift, going down the checklist of cues in their squat, same with their bench, and I, if you're deadlift for just more than a couple of seconds, I already know you're going to fail. Yeah. One, you're probably self-doubting yourself, you're skipping, you're skipping the drum, and sometimes you can even watch the form physically break down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you, or you, you can see, I almost, I think, see, see it in their face, like, like yeah. they, they gave up right yeah. as they start. And maybe they've been fired, but then they yeah. just fall. There's a lot of smart dudes out there. Um, uh, Joe Sullivan even said it one time. He he's emphasizes a, the muscle-mind connection. Yeah. And that's huge. It's not just for, like, bodybuilding. Like, yeah. you got to learn how to lock your muscles in. And once that yeah. shit's set, that's when you start to really advance. Yeah. You know? and, and it's hard. And actually, Joe, Joe uh, helped me learn the, like, being able to put tension in our adductors. Like, when we were working the other day oh, right, for right, pools. Right. He, he helped me with that. And literally, we were, in, we were in Vegas, and he... And he was like, he like put his hand like between my knees and like and like squeeze, or he like right. grabbed a roller. He's like, he's like, he's like squeeze, but don't That's pull pull your knees in to squeeze it. Yeah, but what helps you do that? Yeah, it's that feeling, physical touch. touch. That's what's yeah. shitty about. I know we're gonna talk about online coaching. Now, yeah, right? but like that's what sucks about online coaching. Yeah, is it's so hard to convey that, and I think that's why a lot of there's a lot of bad information out there yeah. because people are trying to break down these cues and try to explain it to you, but really sometimes it doesn't make sense, especially if you're a novice lifter, unless someone can physically. Show you what shows like, touch you just like that. Yeah. You probably would never know what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah. You know, when you told me, I mean, we had like a miscommunication for a second, but we figured it out pretty quick, but yeah. you were right there. Yeah. You know, that's it, the benefit of that. Yeah. And that conversation was 60 seconds. Yeah. And that, if that was over text or over a message, that would have probably gone on for 30 minutes. Exactly. But that shit was dope between you and I because um, I got it. And yeah. that's, that's another tool in my thing. Those are like aha moments. I yeah. try to teach with like my clients and even other coaches or anyone who's anybody yeah. who's doing this. Those are the important things to look for. Yeah. Not kind of like what can I add to my gym bag to make me get here faster. Yeah. So those aha moments that will make you develop more. Because yeah. I mean, for me, just what you said, the abductor, right? Yeah. That means I haven't been like using isometric tension there ever. So that yeah. means now that I'm doing that, it's going to develop stronger and we have yeah. less like valgus or hip shift and any of that shit in the future for yeah. the other two lifts. And I use that same. I'm going to use it on my bench now as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just how to, like, they're telling you, it's all about creating as much stability or remove as much slack from your body as possible, creating as much stability in the bar, and those little things like that, they're going to eat it. Yeah, so. and that goes for all all of them, yeah. squat, bench, or even if you don't power lift, if you were right. an ollie lifter, if you were, like, really, that that stands for any strength sport. Right? Yeah, you, <laughs> as corny as it sounds, like, you got to become one with the fucking the implement that you're using. So. Yeah, and one of my favorite, like, I, I before lifting, I did martial arts, but it's what got me into lifting. I was uh, laughing because I did martial arts for like like a couple of weeks because I wanted the tiger patch. Yeah. I run barefoot and I always got like blisters on my feet. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get the tiger patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the damn tiger. I'll find you a damn tiger patch. I'll just give you one. Um, but yeah, I, that's where I started. And I started I started lifting um, seriously because I, I, I was I was good. I, I started young and I was I was fast and I, I loved it. Like I was I lived and breathed it, but I was skinny. And no matter how good I was, big guy, it, it was didn't matter. I didn't, I didn't touch him. I, I, I'd hit him. I could hit him five times. And he's just like, uh-huh, cool. Right. And then he'd wreck me. Yeah. And so did, so the technique was great, but I didn't have the mass behind me. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I need to get bigger. So it's like what got me there. Um, but I still see lifting. I, I was like, it's still that same technique breakdown. It's still something you have to commit to because either you mm-hmm. lift it or it crushes you. Right. You know, even if it's light, like you, you fuck up, it'll still hurt you. Mm-hmm. So the commitment was the same. But in martial arts, it's print, it, like you said, it's feeling based. Like you have basic technique, but it's not, but that's like a reference point. That's not law. Right. It, it yeah. ha- there is a certain feeling you're trying to, to chase, and you're always chasing that. And you never know when you will pick that up. Like I, I love learning from people. And then I, I hope sometimes maybe something that clicked for me helps someone else click. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And that you just help each other. Yeah, that's, cool. I always quote Dave Tate, the whole live, learn, pass on thing. Yeah. And that's super, super important. For me, that kind of relates to like recovery and AA and, NA and stuff like that. Because it's like 
a tell show dude kind of thing. You find the oldest guy in the room, not the newest dude or the, yeah. whoever the, the the dope dude of the week is or the, the the newest coach or whatever, the flashy person who's got the new trick. But I pay attention to people who got time under the bar. You know, yeah. those are the ones that have the most knowledge and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that's actually kind of a good segue. And that's you have now started a nonprofit. Starting, trying, starting, we're starting. Working on it. It's going to happen. Yeah, I will. Well, you got your LLC. I got right? the LLC, so that's step one. Yeah. You know, so, so now, yeah. you know, and there's, we have, there's a group of us, and um, we, we have the board members, and we had, like, an informal meeting at the function this last weekend. Cool. The, the Mogger mashup, but we're going to meet again this week, and Aaliyah's involved in it. She made me a checklist. She actually, her last job was with a nonprofit, and with oh, her cool. current one right now, she can donate an hour of her time nice. to help. But, uh the idea behind it is to kind of give back to the community I once took advantage of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, basically I would have loved it if there was something available to me to where I could put, find like structure with my life and stuff like yeah. that. It's not necessarily about giving back to like the disadvantaged lifter or whatever. Is anyone, I just want to give back what I was able to fi- find through strength training. You know, yeah. um, I've been in this house since like six years now. And when I came here, I got, when I came here, I had, you know, I talked about a little bit, like, zero job. I didn't have much, no job. I lost every job due to, like, drugs and alcohol. I had no real schools, not much of a college education, not much of a real education, and, like, very low self-esteem. And I had to, like, rebuild myself up. And it was through the gym that I was able to find that. And what it was, because I wanted a goal. The goal was I wanted to get bigger, I wanted to get stronger. And the only way I could do that was with learning how to be patient, learning how to be consistent, and learning to stick to a program. That's something I didn't do with my life before. I never stuck with anything. If I didn't get the quick result, I was over it. I was definitely way more into like instant gratification yeah. and didn't care about the long term the long term consequences yeah. with it sometimes, especially the way I played around. Yeah. Right. And so what I want to be able to do here is provide someone like say it's just someone who just has no direction or even just low self esteem that it does like, hey man, just come hang out with me for a bit. It doesn't have to be any of these intense sessions. It could be a younger kid, yeah. right? And just hang out with me and let me just show you like what you're worth. You yeah. know? Um I've done it with people before. Uh, I wanted to do this like last year before COVID hit. I wanted to go to uh, different uh, rehabs up here and be like, hey, give me the people who are sticking to the program. Let me just give them an hour of my time once a week or whatever. What can we do? You know? And it it could be something as simple as like, hey, man, I really want to be part of this gym. It really gives me something to look forward to, but I just can't afford a gym pass. So what's to stop me from trying to raise money? I mean, I think it's only like 600 bucks for a year. Yeah, I might be wrong, but like you know what I mean. But uh, it's, it's, it's definitely more than that. It's more whatever it is. But I'm saying we could raise it. There's yeah. so many people in the community. I mean, especially ours. Yeah, but I mean, I'm like the way I think about it, it's just it's not it's possible. It's all in like the early stages. The idea is there. I don't want to say too much because yeah. I don't want to like make promises or things that I can't deliver and stuff like yeah. that. But I have a vision. I have a sight, and I can see it happening. That's a dope thing about. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it failing. The worst thing I do is just doesn't pop off the way I want it to. But I'm not trying to take over the world either. Yeah. Louis Simmons is a big uh, influence on me. It's not for his coaching at all. He's, he was, was he wasn't the best lifter. He's a great coach. But what I like about Louis was he wasn't concerned with taking over the world. He made champions out of his neighborhood. So like when I said I want to give back to the community, I took advantage of. Man, I fucked around in San Diego a lot, right? And I just want to build it back up. There's a strong strength community here, and I just want to add to it. It's through the seminars, through, through the MD, the True MDSM, through coaching, through the Heavy Breathing Program Foundation, whatever. It's all going to be linked, and it's all going to be dope. You know, yeah. Iron Mongers, MDSM, we're going to be the kings of North County. When it comes yeah. to strength, Iron Mongers is already the hub. So why not take advantage of the venue? When I yeah. say take advantage, I'm not there to like be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking use Rick. No, I'm going to use Rick's facility to fucking help put everyone's name on the damn map. Yeah. You know, let's talk about rap for a second. Remember yeah. Junior Mafia, Biggest yeah. Smalls, and shit like that? Those are the homies. And he gave him a place to fucking do this shit. So that's what I'm trying to do for the homies up here, too. We got college professors behind this. There's just so much possibility. We got people who've done this before. And what I don't know how to do, that's what I got my network of people behind me for. Yeah. So if I can't fucking figure it out, someone's going to figure it out. It's going to be dope. That's all I know. That's yeah. all I can say. And, and when you have people who, when you're not trying to take over the world, it, uh, in that, like you said, you create quality. Right. It's it's you're not trying when it's spread to when you dilute something so yeah, much. Yeah, it becomes corny. It becomes yeah, it's, you know? it's less. But and, and yeah, that's why Louis uh, or in, any. I'm trying to think of like uh, like or even or even like yeah, if you want to stick with Biggie because he kept with the homies. They were it was so like they were they were dope and all their records were dope because they were all homies and that right. vibe was. But there. it's the community or like even like Nipsey Hussle, he made his block. Yeah, I mean, he, he 
and, you know, unfortunately, he went down the way he went down. But what I'm saying is that complex that he had was employed by everybody, the people he employed, even people picking up trash for people from his name. Just trying to get back to the community. His legacy still there, though. That's yeah. the thing. His so that's the thing, too. Is like, you know, I'm just trying to build something to be proud of for my kids. You know, yeah. I used to want to be, oh, I want to be the strongest. Well, that's whatever. That's not going to happen. And it's not like, oh, poor me. It's, well, I'm more into building, like, legacy versus fucking instant fame. You yeah. know? So it's like, leave something behind that my kid can be proud of and get to show his kid and stuff like yeah. that. And we can leave an impact in a positive way in San Diego. Yeah. You know? And when it comes to spreading around the world, that's easy. A person's like a dandelion. Once yeah. they fucking like land somewhere else, that's how MDSM spread. Yeah. You know, like dirty Mormon boys went to different states. Yeah. And that's how I started getting different clients like that. I don't really advertise, I repost. Yeah. Just the homies move. And that's how I land in infected area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And, you, and when something is of quality, though, I feel like that eventually draws. Like that, yeah. people want to go right. or get that. That's at some mm-hmm. point, somewhere like that, it will find its way. Yeah. And the higher the quality, it's like that. The the fumes rise higher yeah. because of that. And the thing is, when we do this program too, is like it's not just anyone. Like he had to sure they've been doing some work already. I'm like, oh, just this the poor the poor guy can't afford. It. Like, no, this guy needs to be putting in work for a while. Like, it's, yeah. there's gonna be high standards to this because there's gonna be good people behind this too. You know, if we offer them a coach, it's gonna be like you, you know won't be able to pay for the coach's time for helping people like that. Too. Yeah, you know, I won't waste so much time for just a, someone who doesn't yeah. care. You know, we're not gonna let anyone manipulate the system. Either. Yeah, yeah, and what. Uh, at what at what point did you kind of start seeing that like take place where you're like I can make that kind of the the initial part of it like how did that start? I just started. Cause I mean I know you said like last year you want to go. Uh, we were talking how you want to go to the different reco- like recovery and say hey give me your someone who's doing all the steps doing really well. Um, and then COVID hit. When did it did it kind of like shift like evolve? Like, the, the, the idea behind idea. it? Yeah, the idea. You know, what it was, is, you know, I don't want to say people kept pushing my branding or stuff like that, but it was more like I get down or I get along with people that kind of been through similar things. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, a hard time doesn't discriminate against anybody. Yeah. Anyone can relate to what a hard time is. So hard times is hard times. Sometimes you can't measure the plate the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, what I mean is I can't measure my plate to someone else's where my hard time, the worst thing that ever happened to me could be like this crazy traumatic thing where yours could be something a lot lighter, but still a hard time is a hard time. Yeah. And I got really, really fucking tired of uh, being upset with stuff, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. And um, what it was, was uh, I felt like I kept bitching about the community. Yeah. About what's going on and what's lacking. And, I felt like I was becoming a hypocrite because I really fucking hate when people complain about things without offering a solution. Yeah. So there I was looking for a solution. I couldn't find a solution I wanted. So the solution I figured can just be me yeah. and the people behind me and just start spreading awareness or trying to build it up ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's like if the connection is not there, then you become the plug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really if, if it. You, if you, you were, yeah. Well, if you're the person who can see the void yeah. and you can see what it needs and no one else is doing it. Yeah, then maybe it's you. And I, yeah, and I just had, I had to get to that point though. I wasn't, I wasn't always like, I'm I'm very confident now, and that's because I've been through it, and I don't care anymore. When I say I don't care anymore. I don't care if I failed because I failed so many fucking times in different fucking ways, and I got back <laughs> up and I fucking done yeah. it. You know, so I think what really pulled the plug on this last one was the the last bicep thing, and yeah. I just said fuck it. I'm tired of trying to put my energy into just trying to get to the platform. So all the stuff that I put on the back burner and said I'm going to do, I'm going to fucking just do it now. Because yeah. really, what's the rush to the platform? I'll get there. Yeah. You know, but no one pays me to live. People pay me to make them live better, more efficient, and because I build fucking confidence in them. Yeah. That's honestly it. And yeah. I started noticing over time, people kept saying, like, I've done this for them, I've done this for them. And that's great. So if I can do that for you, that means I can do it for more people. Yeah. And that's really it. I got Amber behind me, you know, so... I don't see why I can't yeah. do anything, right? Yeah, nah, and, and I think it, I think it shows because I mean, every everyone, I, I, yeah, anyone who talks to you mm-hmm. or talk or know knows you, um, it's you, you you can tell when people mean whatever whatever they do when there's genuineness and what mm-hmm. they do and what they share, mm-hmm. when, I mean, when people really give a shit, right? You, and you you do you really give a shit even the first time like you know uh, you help me with bench. That comes across. You you give a shit. Or when mm-hmm. I see you with like the people you, now you don't even coach. You just know them, and you're just right. you just decide to help them. Right. You give a shit, and yeah. that goes. Uh, and the same thing with like with Rick and really anyone. That's why I like. Honestly, it's one of the reasons why I moved down here. Mm-hmm. It's like I, out of 
like where I was where no one gave a shit and not just like uh, but just in yeah. general to an area where now I know a whole community of people who right. all give a shit right that like I want to be there yeah people. and that's rad and I used to like make fun of them for the ironmonger people saying they're fucking spoiled you know? <laughs> but that's dope for them and I realized you know like well, why should I hate on that I should fucking be part of those people yeah it's like when I was at Samson I'm not talking shit about Samson but when I was at Samson I trained by myself there yeah. was no community there because that's not really what it was it yeah. tried to be an open gym and it didn't work out the way it, you know the plan was but when I was doing my training there was no one to train with it's yeah. by myself. So everything I learned and stuff like that, for the most part, I don't want to say like I learned it all by myself. I had a, it wasn't as, I don't want to say it wasn't as available. You know, I yeah. couldn't just go to the next month, the strong motherfucker in the gym. I had to go yeah. reach out to my coach. I mean, that's, I, you know, I was emailing my coach like multiple times. I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? That's how to figure out how, that's yeah. how I figured out coaching. It wasn't so much like being in the books, it's picking his brain and learning how to program yeah. from, from him, you know, learning his perspective on it and developing my own methods or whatever. But, what Ironmongers has is fucking dope. And hearing other gyms, people like, like even Iron Hands Mike, the homie yeah. or whatever, he talks about how people don't show no love up there in yeah. in Norwalk or whatever. It's just it's like people are just haters, and that's lame. It's the team sport. It's an individual on the platform. It takes a team to get someone there. Yeah. And you're all you know doing the same. Like everyone's yeah. like in the same. Like your your you know ninety yeah. percent effort and mine. They're different. Like kind of what you said about the different plates. Right. Like your like trauma is trauma. Right. Hard is hard, and ninety percent on the bar. Though it's a different number for different people, mm. it's still the same experience. It's right. So fucking hard. Same thing, you know? you know. And I think that's the one of those biggest. Some just been under time, under tension, a little bit longer. That's yeah, exactly. It, yeah, exactly. Know? It's experience, and then yeah. that's like what you said, though. You know, the older, older people, uh, or I guess the more seasoned people have just been doing it longer. Right. And then that's where you, you get to learn from, and that's my mo- my most favorite part of, honestly, like our sport has a lot of, I think. Kind of like what you said, a lot of hypocrites, people who complain about it. Right. When really, it's like, it's actually a pretty dope sport. Like, oh, it is dope. All, 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 all sports have stupid shit. Yeah, it's totally. all, like, all sports politics, ever, but like, mm-hmm. very, very few that I know where, I mean, I mean, just personally, like, I got to move to a new city, found a place to live, I found a job, all through just homies in the gym. Yeah, and everything I have today is through the gym. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. you know, and so it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's, it is like a, a small, hobby no one pays us to lift but it is something where oh i'm the same way where it's like when even when life gets hard like i learned follow a program training and that that can carry over like okay i just need to make a program and work on something the same way i did in the gym yeah. it, it does carry over. yeah i mean you can throw the word hobby around too but the word community is the big word yeah. in the hobby you build a community in that community you have a network of people and that network of people you're able to take in, i don't want to say take advantage in a bad way but that's how you're able to grow that's how yeah. i grew yeah you know Everything I got is from every, every like from all the different people I've worked with. Yeah, you know, from insight it can be and it can be it doesn't even have to be like financial. Yeah, aid, you know what I'm saying. It's like just conversations. You yeah. know, I I was giving credit to the homie the other day on Facebook because he taught me about business. I'm not saying I'm the I'm business expert, nothing like that. But our conversations is what carried over into how I run things today and how I start saving my money and stuff. Like yeah, that. I'm treating my bank accounts and trying to build my credit. Let's yeah. do conversations. That's what my investment. That's what his. That's what I got from him. That was yeah, my, you know, that was yeah. the return I got. It was yeah, just rad. Yeah, you know? and I'll and I'll echo that. There's a there's an old um, there's an old Japanese saying that I learned actually from my like first instructor, and I don't know the uh, I don't need the original, but the, tra- the translation was that essentially when a when you when you love when a when you find a hobby and you love it, it becomes a craft, or mm. when you find a hobby and it and and it interests you, it becomes a craft. Right. When you when that craft you start to love that craft, it becomes art. Right, right. And it's and that can be anything. That's why, like, that's people, yeah, like it's like so. You just so some people who love what they do, whether it's cooking, lifting, right. or making, you know, crochet. When they love something, it's art. It's I, cool. I was talking to Amber's mom about this today. Yeah, I was telling her how this is actually my art. And yeah. I said I have more. I feel like more of an art, like an artistic mind. I'm really shitty at. I have the worst penmanship, and I can't yeah. draw for nothing. But I'm very musically inclined without really trying. I'm pretty gifted at it. And that was like my art, like that's how I express myself. When yeah. I was like younger and shit like that, you know. But now I realize the way I've structured, like you know, when I would make pieces and stuff like that. Not to sound like like some guru or whatever, but when I would, it's carried over to how I, 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 I'm saying the words, how I would compose a, a program now. Yeah, you know, my and it depends where we are, but like for twelve weeks out, those twelve weeks, you know, is lead up to peak performance on one day. That one day is the final. It's crescendo. It's the, it's the, that's, <laughs> it's the, that's the main event. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's where it all you put it all out. 
and every little piece is implemental to that where you have your main movement but then you know I have to pick out your uh, supplemental movement and I feel like I'm really good at that because I'm really good at picking out character defects from my AA and NA background yeah. so you can see all the shit that you're afraid to notice that you're fucking weak at but I'm, a, I'm not afraid to fucking tell you you're weak there yeah. and I, that's why I pick yeah. this shit you know and that's how I look at it it's just, it's just composition yeah. and I think and honestly that um, in knowing you that's one thing that does set you apart because a lot of a lot of coaches even good ones they they see what people may need like oh you probably need to do more mm -hmm. they'll say you need to do more back because back is good they know back is good you should mm -hmm. do more back and you could have a bigger back right but you see i think so i think you'll you see it differently you say oh i see you are you need to do more back because you you know Whatever, I think you see more on a personal. It's not because you know they need to do it. You, like you said, you see uh, something they're afraid of. Or something I see the weakness. Or I can the see weakness. like that. Like they have, they have stability issues on the way down. They don't know how to load their load their lats right. Yeah, you know, so like tempo would be good for that, right? Yeah. Or uh, whatever stuff. Like yeah, that, you know. Yeah, or like or like you said, whatever they're you know they're afraid to, or maybe that they're like scared of doing. Uh, yeah, or admitting they're weak there. Yeah, you know? so that's the whole point of having a coach. Though the coach yeah. is there to, to call them out. You yeah, know? you're supposed to trust your coach. Yeah, you know, and if you, and if you don't, then don't have that coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but he, he, even then, so with going back to the nonprofit, like it's um, it's kind of cool because, like you mentioned, that with you know, music was like kind of your original mm -hmm. art. You play guitar. Yeah, yeah. And now most of like that is you know the clothing, which is all you know heavy metal art kind of inspired. Mm -hmm. And would would that kind of start the same way where you're just like I just want stuff that I like, and then kind of turn it that way. Kind of. Kind of. You could find it anywhere else, you know. Yeah. So you might know. as well. Yeah. Make, I mean, the, the logo I have right now is a, is a ripoff of, like, one of my favorite bands, The True Mayhem. <laughs> it's yeah, like the True yeah. MDSM. Yeah. Like whatever, you know. But, uh. What, uh, top three favorite bands? So you said one, True Mayhem. Oh, one of my favorite bands. It's hard to pick, like, you have to get, like, down by genre. But, like, my three favorite bands of all time, um, Slayer's number one, uh, uh, you have that cat too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have Rain. My son's named after Slayer. Yeah, Rain. Yeah, yeah. John, John, Jonathan Evan, Rain and Blood, Delgado, you know? And then um, Danzig. I'm just going to say Danzig because there's Misfits. Yeah. Which is Glenn Danzig. That guy's a badass. Yeah. And then um, we laughing about. Huh. <laughs> we say that. I loved it. That was my first concert. Yeah. Danzig was my, fir was I my tried first it. concert. Where was it? Was it Halloween? Ventura. No, it was, it was actually, what? It was. It was November. Studios. No, it was November. It was in Ventura, um, where I'm where I'm from. He came, yeah. and it was it was actually just out of, like the first week in November, and that was like my first like real like concert mm -hmm. that I got to go got to go to and got fucked up in. Which is great. <laughs> I tried to see. Uh, it was Danzig performing with Danzig performing with Salwin performing with Misfits. Oh, it, it was at Universal Studios in Halloween 2011, and I went there. And Ticket was missed. something was wrong, but I couldn't get in. I was escorted off the stage. That's I was very upset. Yeah, I would have been upset too. Yeah. I, I I love Danzig swag, dude. I don't know. Like, yeah, the, the whole my was, you know because my brother had the Thrall Demon Sweat live poster and showed the, the naked girl with yeah. the knife and the ram horns and the blood and the boobs or whatever. And I was into it. He sold. Well, I mean, like he. I mean, for like he's a weird dude. He, mm -hmm. he like he like I don't. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he's been famous since he was sixteen, mm -hmm. you know, essentially, but. He's a he, he knows how to brand and he knows like I mean, he he did everything he did all the flyers back in the day he right. wrote all the music he wrote all the lyrics you know he was the manager he was the promoter mm -hmm. like he you know like guy can work yeah. you know and and so honestly saw so, I I'm really saw back I had a I had a car an old car of mine get wrecked and I had a Sawin CD right. like burned and it got and it got it was one of the things that I'm really sad about because I I loved his Sawin project a lot. Yeah, I had the Nishium shirt with all the blood splatter on it. Nice. With them, with them, you know, what I'm talking about the image of them. And everyone had the blood on it. Yeah, well, yeah. they're all like covered. Yeah, yeah. That, it's kind of hard to pick like a third band. They have so many like bands. Slayer, like I said, Slayer's number one. But um, you said True Mayhem too. I think that they're that's awesome well, band. I mean, they're not. I mean, I just like I like the history of it. Yeah, it's the history of it. It's just a bunch of crazy kids in Norway who got fucking weird and killed everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it doesn't get any more evil than that. It's not about yeah. being evil. It's just the history is just fucking gnarly. Yeah, because it's such a like a the town. Was very crime free. You know, yeah, that area was so safe. But like, uh, like really, if I was gonna pick a third band, I doubt people, mo most people know it. But like, the Gorephobic Nosebleed, this is like Grindcore band or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just three pieces of zombies. Yeah. But, uh, I, I'm very eclectic when it comes to music. So. 
Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. hard to pick. I, I'm seasonal with it. Like, yeah. I like thrive, I like a fast in the summer. I like a slow. I like a cold in the winter with the black metal. And then when it gets humid, I like death metal. Yeah. You know? I like. Uh, I, I also. I really. I mean. I know it's. It's definitely not as heavy, but and the, trap music all year round. Trap music all year. Yeah, yeah. Trap on trap. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, uh, down the Stone oh, Crow album. Yeah, the first down one. Down down, down one. one. Yeah, down. Jesus with the cigarette. Yeah. With the, um, the Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I, yeah, I think I think that that album is is a like a kind of a gold, just a gold. I love it. It yeah. came out. It's crazy though because it came out. The demo came out like ninety four or ninety six, and I discovered it in two thousand. Mm-hmm. So they had been they've been around for, for a while. It was a super group because it's it's Daryl, it's Don Solo from Bantu, yeah. it's the dudes from Corrosion Conformity, it has like a member, it has Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God. So it's everyone from New Orleans. It's a New yeah. Orleans super group. Yeah. yeah, and they and they always have that like New Orleans like Florida-ly, like like uh they have the groove to it. the groove it's to it. It's blues. It's blues. It's yeah. very they playing like drop beats, yeah. just very down tuned yeah. blues. And that's and that's and that's way to my heart. My very mm-hmm. my first guitar uh, teacher was a blues player, oh, yeah, and so that's, like, that's what I learned on. Yeah, I actually I don't know if you know who Keb Mo is. He's a blues player. I don't think so. Okay, so he he's one of like the he's still around. He still makes music, but he is kind of one of the last the old school bluesmen where he's still like he's not like. Taking blues, like he's a blues, but he's blues, mm-hmm. um, and an awesome dude. And I walked in. Uh, he was playing around, or I guess he was coming through. He knew my guitar teacher, and I walked in on them jamming. Right, and it was the first time I heard a slide, and he had like that nice, like old, cool, like yeah. like copper slide. And he and I just got to sit there for like 10, 15 minutes listening to them jam before, you know, it was my turn. And I, I met him. He left, and I had no idea who he was at the time. And then my teacher. You know, introduced me to him, and ever since then, I love blues and any any dead downtown like blues rock is always uh, right, right. kind of that where I feel I like most that, home. See, I like the, like the Stoner Doom stuff. Like, that. Yeah, like early Sabbath or like stuff like Bogzilla. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I like blues too. All that it all comes from that. But like, I like the stuff that my daddy liked, like all the early Mississippi Mississippi Delta stuff, like Robert mm-hmm. Johnson. That's like all the stuff where like the they credit that dude for like making metal because that dude sold the soul to the devil. Yeah. Yeah, there. Uh, there's another. Another. Uh, his name is Sunny. His first name Sunhouse. is Sun. Yeah, Sunny. Yeah, Sunhouse. Sunhouse. And he has a whole song where it's just like clapping. It's right. just him singing and clapping, and it's the yeah. dopest tune. Like he's. It, yeah. It's you. 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 Like again, that like art where yeah, that's art. Like you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't turn it off. I ever heard of the song "The Dark Was Night, Cold Was the Ground." That's when no. they, That's when they launched on the Voyager into space. They made the soundtrack for Earth. I forget who. Where's my phone right here? I have to look it up. Okay. I have to like find it in a second. Yeah. I But I suppose the song has no words, but it's supposed to represent what the emotion sadness sounds like. It's <laughs> like whatever. And that's when you watch in the space. Dark was in I'll have to I'll be listening to that on the way home. Yeah. There's no words to it. It's by Blind yeah. Willie Johnson. Blind Willie Johnson? Okay. Yeah. Blind. Right, I think I probably have heard and that's actually it's one of the things like when he just hum. plays a little bit of guitar, but that's it. But it's supposed to like epitomize like what sadness is. And that's why yeah. it's in the space. Yeah. And I always said, and I think blues is dope. Like when you get into like the blues, like musicians and what they they had themes like that. Like they would like when they made a song, that song like had like this like core to it, and it was you know just making a song. And I always thought that was dope. It's how they wrote songs was different. Yeah. And I always thought it was dope. But um, all right, so then you know going you know going for with no, you don't want to see too much of it. So I kind of want to go back. So you found powerlifting, you know, originally from Jailhouse Strong when you when when you were in prison. And then CT Flush is when you started. When did you find powerlifting as a sport? Uh, I wanted to move here. Yeah, I moved up here because I did. Um, I needed to lose weight, <laughs> so I just like <laughs> I just like looked up. Like I found I found out what powerlifting was, and I wanted to do it. And Samson Barbell was like a mile down the road, so okay. that's when I hired Jake Brown at the time and started mm-hmm. working with him or whatever. And then after that, I started working over there. But I mean, I would just ride my bike down there every. Yeah, and I didn't know nothing. Yeah, I just went through whatever he told me to do. Yeah, you know, and just did the thing. Just did the thing. Just did the thing. Yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, till I realized there's a lot more to it. Like you should be asking questions and shit like that. Yeah, and then yeah. you start going down that rabbit. It's more than just trusting your coach. You gotta find out what the fuck your coach yeah. wants you to do. Yeah, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah, it don't make sense. Yeah, and sometimes you gotta you, you gotta question look the motherfucker. For it. Uh, babe, when you ask the questions, is how you learn. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and actually, I guess on a personal note, I guess I because I don't I don't know as as much about it. You. So you, you always mentioned when you went into prison, when you were in, in recovery, when did you, and you kind of that back and forth, when did you kind of start taking, did lifting help you kind of start taking like that seriously or really kind of get, like get through recovery? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, well, 
First of all, real quick, I've never been to prison. It's really hard to get in prison nowadays. So that's, that's, okay. that's violence or whatever. Like, yeah, you have to be a pretty violent offender to do that now. All my stuff was, was drug-related, um, cell charges, stuff like that, multiple DUIs, and then um, just being an asshole. But um, <laughs> just being an asshole. <clears throat> pretty much, you know. But um, I just, like, you know, I do, like, you know, a couple months here, a couple months there, six months here. But the thing was, I was in and out quite frequently mm-hmm. through yeah. my 20s. I just, you know, I spent more times even, like, I spent more times in, Spent most of my time in Mexico, to be honest. Either, I was either in jail or I was in Mexico. <laughs> but uh, is when I came up, is this what got me to get into lifting? It wasn't so much. It just one. I I I always lifted. I just want to get back to like lifting and feel yeah. better again because I got real fat during uh, my uh, during my kid's mom's pregnancy. I got wow. up to almost like three hundred pounds. That's I just needed to lose weight. Or whatever. That's yeah. re- that's really how this started, you know. And then I just the thing was I n- never want. I wasn't like oh, I don't want to be too strict on my diet, so bodybuilding wasn't going to be the thing. And I yeah. Saw there's powerlifting where it's performance based. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I've always been strong, you know. Yeah. I just want needed more like a positive outlet. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, really good. I mean, and then when did you start coaching? Like after you, you were there. You worked at Samson or working yeah, out I was, at Samson. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was a client of Samson for like a year, and then after that, I just I needed to get work. I just couldn't find it anywhere, and then. Um, I was working at a cabinet shop, but then Jake said, you know, if you get your cert, you can work here. And when I got my cert, I went, you know, started, like, apprenticing at Samson, basically, as I was getting my cert. I got my cert within, like, 30 days, that, that I, my first cert through ISSA. And basically at Samson, I mean, I've only been doing this for about, it'll be, like, five or six years. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Uh, five years coaching. And really what it was, I didn't just, I feel like I fell into where I am kind of quick. And that's part of it. I don't want to say luck, but because yeah. hard work is hard work. I don't yeah. want to, like, put myself down or nothing but when i was at samson i trained a lot of fucking people like yeah. they had a quite a revolving door of like clients because we did like group class and stuff yeah. like that so i had to learn to be kind of quick yeah. especially like working around and like in a group setting it's like oh i can't do this because this person okay we'll do this instead but it has to be yeah. kind of be it has to have, everything has to serve a person a purpose you yeah. know but then also just picking my coach's head and, you know josh bryant's my mentor that guy taught me a lot yeah. You know, I would just ask him, what should I read? I mean, give me assignments. And we have conversations about yeah. it. I used to call him a $1,000 phone call or whatever. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> because he would call me or whatever. Because, like, his programming ain't cheap. You know? Yeah. And for him to do, I don't know how much, like, the homie discount for a seminar, it, it's a lot of money. So yeah. when he calls me or whatever, I just, like I said, call him a $1,000 phone call. And I take yeah. notes and stuff like that. And they become a lot fewer now because I have a lot less questions. They're just kind of like, just us talking shit through email or whatever. But yeah. I just picked his brain a lot. Yeah. And, like, you don't know anything, just do that. Yeah. Pick your coach's brain. If your coach stutters too much, get a new fucking coach. Yeah. That's pretty fucking simple. Yeah. You know? And then that, that too, surround yourself. Like, I submerged myself in the community, you know? Yeah. I was in that gym. I was in Samson, just reading my books and studying and going over to YouTube videos. Like, I had no other option. I just had to learn this, you know? For yeah. me, it was learning the craft, learning the trade. Yeah. And uh, that's really it, you know? And I feel like I got lucky just with the people that gave me an opportunity, you know? You know, the Dirty Mormon boys, I feel like, were really my jump off. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I coached Alex Williams. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, I post pictures of him. He's a bodybuilding client now. Uh-huh. Um, but he, he's a really strong fucking kid, too. Yeah. And uh, he had a bunch of, like, state records in Utah and, like, heavyweight or whatever, 275, I forget. But he used to coach. And uh-huh. then he wanted to focus more on his training. And he started giving me the kids he was coaching. He was just having them mimic the program he was running. So I started, you know, get the practice on them. But he gave me fucking strong-ass people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that gets you attention, you know, yeah. when people, and especially when they all had really fucking good benches and they got yeah. these people benching over 500 and stuff like that, you know, got Heath on his way to be a 600 pound bencher. But that's, I feel like the benching came from those guys because they all benched over 500. Yeah. And uh, of course I did bench only for a long time. Yeah. Josh Bryan doesn't help with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I just, it's the people. And then like Heath landed in Kentucky and that's how I got Nicole. I didn't know who the fuck Nicole was. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, Hey, I got a girl who needs a coach. I'm like, okay. Cool. Yeah, she's going to be in San Diego next week. Why? Oh, she's doing the current. The fuck? Like, uh, you know? And so I was like, well, I better learn my shit real quick. Then. Yeah. You right. know? And really, I don't know. It's just, I just had to do it. Right. And I don't do things half-assed. Yeah. If I'm going to fucking do it, I'm going to fucking do it right. Yeah. I'm going to figure you out. You know? Yeah. And it's like the stuff we talk about, I think those are my strengths. I'm able to identify weaknesses pretty good. I'm yeah. really good with communication. I'm, communication is huge when it comes to fatigue management. You know, yeah. Whether you want to believe in deload or not, you can get away with without them if you just pay attention to them yeah and just start taking things away here and there or cycling different things but it's a method you know yeah um, like why it's called medical practice yeah if it doesn't fucking work it ain't my bad that's why yeah. it's called a practice yeah. you know if it didn't yeah. work, if it didn't work this first 12 weeks i'm sorry it's a method maybe my next one will you yeah know? i don't know you know but it will. it's like getting to know the person though so. 
Yeah, and also, it, it also falls on the athlete. I think athletes should communicate with their coaches. Like, right. Like, yeah, that I like this, but the 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 low was a lot. I felt really like you said fatigue. I felt really fatigued. We like just cut it a few sets or like yeah, just an ego can get in the way of that. Yeah. People don't want to tell their coach it's too much. Yeah. You know, it. No one really likes saying it's too much. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But it's like, but. Again, I think people are bad at playing, at learning the long game, mm-hmm. or just learning how to think in the long game. Not that they wouldn't, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to think that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, and it's interesting for someone who said that you used to be so instant gratification. Right now, you are your thoughts are legacy mm-hmm. and long game. And, totally, yeah, everything's different. I'm wired a lot. I had to rewire myself. Yeah, you know? it's still there. The isms are still there. You know? Yeah, I'm just yeah. But I mean, know. it's okay. I think. You know, we are who we are, oh, yeah. and, it's, and it's okay when those things are there, but we know, like you say, we know how to, like, recognize them and be like, yeah, oh. Yeah, now, huh. now I have the tools I didn't have before, because yeah. now, I, instead of running away from the issues I've had, I deal with them as stressful as they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm but, a lot happier. Yeah, and that helps. I think that's, I mean, why, I mean, I know what you want to do, especially with, like, nonprofit, when you do mm-hmm. get to, like, help those people, is give them yeah. the tools. Yeah. Most of most people just need the tools. Exactly. And I don't want to make you feel like a fucking lame for doing it. Like some of these programs made me feel like, Yeah. You know? Some of the like, stuff they make you do is fucked up in there, dude. But I'm not going to get into all the details of that. Yeah. I feel like we can help people in a lot less stressful kind of fucking way to prevent some of the shit yeah. from happening. You and, know? and, you know, and I and I definitely can't. I mean, I, I haven't experienced that personally. But for friends and people I care about who have and just trying to understand what they have, they usually, the kind of what I hear, and you can tell me if it's, right or not mm. is that they they one of the hardest parts about going through recovery for them is sometimes they're feel they feel like a fuck up for doing it like but they just didn't know better they didn't have the tools they didn't they weren't taught so it's like how do you know how, how would, they would have known better you know they wouldn't have done that well that's usually what like how, how i hear them yeah um and it's simply just people who just need needed to know the tools it's sometimes like that. Some people are just completely unaware. You know, yeah. some people are fucking aware and they just choose to be fucking lame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just rather do that, take the easy way. I would say, you know. But I mean, I think that the it's difference is definitely gonna be different person to person. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Kind of but they, I think there is the difference. Is the ignorance when you don't know better, stupidity is when you know better yeah. and you do it anyway. And the biggest, honestly, the biggest thing is not even um, whether you're aware of what's out there. It's the willingness to do it. So it's like you have to have the willingness to do the program for me to even help, for yeah. us to even want to help you. Because it's going to be more, like I said, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it'll be more than just, we want it to be more than just getting people in the gyms to provide structure, to show them, teach them the tools to do, you know, to handle their fucking money better. If they want to fucking get into school, we have people that can help you do that. Yeah. You know, we have a very large connection of people inside Iron Mongers. So there's absolutely no reason why yeah. we can't make, 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 free, I don't know. Bring anyone, yeah, just learn. It. I'm trying to find like some like monumental word or like no best thing to say, but there's, there's no reason why we can't deliver on something we say we that we can provide. Yeah. If yeah. I say we can do it, it's probably because we can. Yeah. I know we can. Yeah. Um, that's really what's exciting about it. It's like it's more than an idea. I think what's excites about me more excites me about it more is because at one point in my life I was plugged into a wall, and the only thing I could look forward to was whether or not I got permission to go to the grocery store for my mom, and that was yeah. how I wanted to give back to society that day. Yeah. I got to go push my mom's grocery cart yeah. if I got permission. Now I can see, like, oh man, I almost like I'm like brain fart right now. But now <laughs> it's like now the way I'm trying to contribute, give back is so much more than that. It's just I know I can't. It's yeah. the ability and the ability to do it. It's there, it's just getting it all on paper, and making it happen. Yeah, so. yeah. Which which you which you will which you. Yeah. Uh, I I mean one one thing that I in knowing you is mm-hmm. is yeah. you you're very true to your word. When you say something, it's yeah. that. When you say you're gonna do it, you do it. And yeah, that's 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 what I'm trying to say. I appreciate like, that. You know, coming from where I was and being where I am now and seeing what we can do, and it's more than just me. It's bigger than just me. It's everybody. Yeah, that wants to be involved with it. We can deliver a lot, and that's it. Yeah, and, and like you said, like you don't need to not take over the world. Just mm-hmm. just build up your spot. Yeah, just a little bit at a time. You know, we ain't trying to capitalize crazy or something like that. We're just trying to help out. Yeah, and that's it. Uh, you know? uh, I I look forward to. I'm I'm I like seeing it. I'm glad mm-hmm. to. Like I like. I love being where I am, being at the gym, being friends with you and everyone mm-hmm. there. It's it's been good for me too. So I'm hoping, you know, even doing this, I get to share what's been good right. for me with everybody else, and then they get to know and help them too. So it mm-hmm. just you said homies help homies. And yeah, that's the MDS for too. the homies. Yeah, you know, for homies for the homies. We don't give up on the homies. Yeah, we always try to get back to them. Yeah, so. and it, and one of my biggest 
personally like pet peeves with people and i saw because i saw a lot where i used to live mm-hmm. is people will support everyone except their fucking friend oh yeah totally and then you give you put some of these litters on a pedestal you never even met and you got your homie you're mad at your homie in the corner because they're creeping on your fucking total yeah <laughs> oh, yeah or, yeah but dirt even but even just, even yeah disturbed but even just like <laughs> out, even outside outside of lifting like i came you know like i mean i love my hometown but like i would just see people like i would try, you know, try to do some, whether it was like, I started a podcast or when I did start, when I started lifting, most of my friends were just like, you know, you're skinny. You probably won't be very strong. Maybe you should do like triathlon. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you too. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, fuck you. Yeah. You know, and none of them ever like asked, none of them were like, mm-hmm. oh, we want to come watch or yeah. how does it go? Like, it's just kind of like, they don't care. Yeah. But I mean, that's how you grow, dude. You sometimes you grow away from people. That's yeah. how you evolve as a person too, you know? Oh yeah. No, that's yeah, totally. The same thing. Oh yeah. You know, and then you find out. Find out who's like real homies are. So, yeah, they come out. I mean, real homies will show up for you no matter what. Yeah. So or like, so like Sally and Daniel, like they they found out that like I wasn't gonna be able to live where I was gonna live, mm-hmm. and I was like fucking struggling. And they're mm-hmm. just like, "Hey, man, we know you love it down here. We got a room." Yeah. There you go. Fucking, you know. And then same thing when I got my job. It's like you're looking for a job. I'll get you an interview. Right. And it happened you know? through a network of people that you met through the gym. Through I the mean, gym. It just happened at Iron Mongers. What I'm saying is, the strength community. Is a community as a whole. You can yeah. Put, you can put all kinds of hats on her. Powerlifting, bodybuilding, strongman, Highland Games, blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. a strength community. Then there's subcultures of strength. So we're trying to create a, a very positive subculture to give back to the community at large. Yeah. Whatever. That's what it is. That's what, yeah. That's really um, what it is. So where can then us plug, plug where they can find you or, because you haven't launched the website yet, right? Yeah. Give me about three to five weeks. We have a lot of dope shit coming out. We just did the LLC. The website will be launched. There's merch that's going to be dropped. So pay attention to that stuff. You can find me at Mike MDSM. The website will be the true MDSM.com. And that's about it right now. Yeah. You know, and awesome. you always just go to Iron Mongers. That's true. about it. And Mike's always, you, you're always there. I'm always there. So just, fix your bench or unfuck your deadlift. Yeah, you can message me, just pop up and ask to find me. I'll be there. Yeah, it was always good. Well, uh, honestly, thank you for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to hang out. Thanks for thanks for the burger. Too. Yeah, no <laughs> over. yeah, man. All right, I'll see you. Yeah. All right, folks. I want to say thank you again for joining us. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you, Mike Delgado, for the talk, the wisdom, the words, all the help you've given me. Thanks for helping me get the show back going. Don't forget to check out Mike and all of his platforms. Look out for the nonprofit. Look out for the website. And if you're in the San Diego area, go to that seminar. May, go look it up for all the info. It'll be a great time. He's helped me a lot with my bench and my deadlift. And honestly, he's just a good homie. So support your friends. Support your homies. That's what our community is about. All right, guys. Catch you on the next one. I want to be a